Well, folks, I'm nervous this morning. My husband is in charge of the sound, so. <laughs> oh, hush, up there. Cora, could you put my picture up? You got it? Who knows what that is? Come on, what is it? Well, well, hey, five points for this man right here. That is a transformer. They were toys created in the 1980s off a Japanese toy, and they were so cool because first they were there a car, and then it would be a robot that fought evil and get good. And I love these toys because you could give it to your kid and it was hours and hours of fun for them. And if you didn't, if they got bored with it, you said, go give it, get your brothers, and you'd switch. They were also big enough that you could throw them in your purse, but that it wouldn't get lost in the laundry. You couldn't wash it. Although, believe me, it happened. And he banged around and, yeah. But anyway, this morning, we're gonna talk about Peter and his transformation. So listen as we talk about this life-changing events in Peter's lives. Last week, Ed talked to us about being and doing like Christ because he said so. He challenged us to look inward and to see how we were being more like Christ. Now, because I said so was frequently said to me as a child because I was the kid that said, why? 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 And sometimes, if I didn't like the answer, I did what I wanted to. Believe me, I was transformed in a lot of ways when those things <laughs> happened. So today we're gonna to talk about the transformation of Peter and how he became the rock. So let's listen to our scripture this morning. We are reading from Matthew 16, 13 to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, of one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be loosed on earth. What you bind in heaven will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of God for the people of God. You've got to understand that when they were in Caesarea Philippi, they were surrounded by temples to other gods. 
There was a God of fertility. There was a God of crops. There was a God of money. It's what they weren't sitting on a nice lawn. They were surrounded by these temples. And so Jesus says to them, who do you say I am? Now, Peter believes that Jesus is the Messiah. But I want to talk about how he got to this point. Peter is a fisherman. His dad was a fisherman. And in those days, you continued the family business. He probably learned the Torah, as most Hebrew boys did. But fishermen were very hard workers. And they did not make a lot of money. The people who sold the fish were the ones that made the money. This fish was a highly consumed product here. So people were dependent on the fishermen and the people who sold them. But to be a fisherman was pretty low on the totem pole in the way of job status. Now, Ed last week described an incident where Jesus borrowed Peter's boat, took it out, and they brought in a lot of fish. Despite watching this, Peter's just not sure who Jesus is. But I believe he definitely wanted to know more. I think one of the best descriptions of Peter, and it's one of my favorite stories, is when Jesus was walking on the water and he calls Peter out. Now this story is so important that it's in Matthew and Mark and Luke. But we're going to pull from Matthew 14, and I'm just going to paraphrase it for you. Jesus had just finished feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And Jesus has sent the disciples across the Galilee on a boat, and he stays behind to pray. He says he will meet them on the other side. Now a storm comes up, and the boat is tossed. The disciples are scared. All of a sudden, they see, walking on the water, what they think is a ghost. Now, in those days, if a fisher person or a sailor or whatever went down in the water, he was eaten by sea monsters or he was taken up by the gods of the underworld to die. So when Jesus comes along as this ghost, that's what they think it is. And he says, take courage, it is I, be not afraid. So he says to Peter, come. But Peter's not too sure because what he says to him is, if you are who you say you are, Tell me to come. Now you notice he didn't say because of who you are. He said if. Now my husband Ken is what I call a Greek nerd. He loves to look up things. And I had him check this. And yes, it does say if. Now he's just watched Jesus feed 5,000 people. And he still says, if. 
So how did this man get from if to you are? Time. Spending time with Jesus. I'm reading a book called Aging with Grace by Sharon Betters. And she says, for that moment that Peter was walking on the water with Jesus, it was an intimate time. It was just Peter and Jesus. There were no disciples. They were in the boat. They were watching all this. But yet it was just Peter and Jesus in the middle of the storm. And I suspect that Peter wanted more and more of that time, that one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. You know, transformation is an action word. It's a process of being changed in character. It's ever-evolving, and as we can see from Peter's story, it has its ups, it has its downs. Although Peter was said to be the rock, and he told Jesus he would never betray him, he betrayed him three times. And so with us, transformation is a process of ups, downs, goods, and bads. We learn from our mistakes, and we continue to grow when we spend more time with Jesus. Now, this is not a lecture or a guilt trip about spending time with Jesus. I know a lot of you are like me. You make a list in the morning of things you're going to do, and by the end of the day, most of the time, that list is still there, so you transfer it to the next day. We do this back and forth. Or some of you are saying, well, fine for you, lady. You aren't taking a kid to soccer practice. You aren't taking her to dance lessons. You are not picking them up from school. William's over there going, yeah, huh? Yeah, you are chasing a two-year-old. And I can say to you, praise God, I am not. <laughs> Been there. Done that. I have done that thing. And believe me, those times, Kim will tell you, I was not real spiritual. My, minimal, my time with God was minimal. But I want you to consider this. The Gospels go into specifics about Peter's life. He worked for a living. He was married. He lived with his mother-in-law. So you know he had family demands, he had job demands, and he had worries, just like we do. And then I want you to consider, maybe we're making it too complicated. I want to share with you something from a devotional that Michelle Hass got me into. It's called The Mountains Are Calling by Dayspring. And they say, quiet time breaks the cycle. It takes our eyes off the clock, and it's surprising how little it takes to feel refreshed and revived. Maybe we complicate how simple it could be to work 
God time into our lives. It truly can be going into a room, shutting the door, closing our eyes, and taking deep breaths. It can be stepping outside and feeling immediately thankful for the air, the fresh air around us, the beautiful mountains that we see. It can be putting the phone on silent and staring out the window for a few moments just to clear our thoughts. Think about that for a minute. It takes creativity, but we are making it too hard. If we keep it simple and just breathe, God will bless it. So this week, your challenge is to program those short snippets of time just to breathe, just to look out the window and be thankful for God and what he's given us another day. And remember, it's not how young or how old we are. No matter what age, we are being transformed. We have people like Rachel, who does acolyting for us every Sunday and serves well. They are being transformed. And if you're worried about being too old to be transformed, how about all I can do now is pray? What is prayer? Prayer is direct communication with God. You have a one-on-one -on -one with God. And if you feel like that is all you are able to do, then you have a powerful job ahead of you. Some of our folks can't join us in service anymore, but they pray for us each day. When I'm able to visit with my mom, I listen to her every night. Thank God she prays for me. Lord knows her daughter needs it. But she also prays for this church because she feels a part of it. Also, Laura Padgett told me a story about her mama. Her mama maintained a written prayer list. And Madison will tell you, you didn't want to be on Mrs. Cook's prayer list. So the saints who are online with us today, thank you. Thank you for praying for us. You have a big job and we are grateful for you. So are you willing to be transformed? What is the saying, we're either living or we're dying? I would say to you, we're either being transformed or we're stagnant. And we can't afford to be stagnant. I know it takes time. I know it takes dedication. But you will see rewards in so many ways. And just why did I compare Peter to a transformer toy? Because Peter was more than meets the eye. If you remember the theme song from the 80s, Transformers, more than meets the eye. Well, Peter was just that. He was an average working man 
who is transformed by a relationship with Jesus Christ. Outward appearance was nothing compared to what this man was and the impact he had to the world. He spent the last 35 years of his life proclaiming the gospel and building churches. Not bad for a man who wasn't formally educated, who made his living by fishing, but became fishers of men, who is remembered for denying Jesus three times, but became the foundation of the church. So how about you? Are you ready to be transformed? Ready to make an impact? designed just for you. May we all be ready to be transformed, to be more than meets the eye. Pray with me. Gracious and holy God, in the quiet, we just spend time with you. Lord, I pray that your transforming power would envelop us. Fill us, Father. Fill us with you. your strength, your power. Change us so that we can serve you and give glory to your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.